Hello, everybody. This is the Chocolate News Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Alexander Reese. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Carter. And if you didn't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area and northern Kentucky area. So how's it going, Andrea? I'm, I'm feeling very good. The weather is warm. It's just, you know, spring is here. Even though I know the temperature is going to drop again because it is spring. So we're going to do this warm, cold, warm, cold until it just goes to hot. So I know that we're in the beginning of that stage here in Cincinnati. And um, I'm having a good time and just enjoying things and watching the news and see what's happening in our community. And there's a lot going on. We got the Reds trying to win. We got FC Cincinnati doing what they're doing best on the field and um, you know, we got the mock NFL drafts coming up and oh, I'm yeah. sorry, is that the mock NFL drafts? Oh, you know what? I'm getting my drafts mixed up because there's WNBA just got done. We got right. the mock NFL drafts about to come up and we still got to get through the NBA. So there's right. a lot, you know, on yeah. the national level happening. That's really exciting. Locally, oh, yeah. I'll start with, um, you know, you heard about the fire in Richmond, Indiana. Yes, very sad. It's very sad, very tragic. Um, but we need to be aware of the air quality. Right now, um, there the department of Indianapolis Department of Emergency Management um is watching the air quality in Wayne and Randolph counties, which is not too far from the Ohio border. Um, and they that that fire, the plumes of smoke may come our way. Um, depending upon you know how the weather is, uh, the wind blows, things like that. So we just need to be aware of our environment and what we're breathing in um, and just be careful. Um, so I would say have your mask handy just in case um, going forward. But that's- it, It's very concerning though, whenever they say like toxic chemicals in the air, I'm just like, has no one ever read Silent Spring? I, I don't know, I'm just flabbergasted. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things that people don't think about it. Um, I mean, really, truly, if you think about it, we already have toxins in the air That's because true. of the smoke from the from the cars. Right. I mean, especially on a good hot day, you see that beige tinge hang over the highway. That's all the car, all the um exhaust from the cars. Yeah. So I think we're used to it, but when it's something more deadly. Um, it takes us a little bit more, it takes people a little bit more to be aware. Yeah. But um, I've been very lucky in my life where I've lived in places where um, I've picked up on being environmentally keen. And I have friends who work in the environment space who keep me aware. And, um, you know, you want to protect what's called the green space grass or the forest areas or, you know, just protect the air that you breathe in our water and things like that. So I'm concerned and we'll just have to watch how the wind blows and um, pray for the best and, you know, keep our prayers up for the people affected by the fire. And hopefully there won't be any further repercussions on it. Yep. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. I would say, you know, this week has been a lot of breaking news, whether you're watching it locally, like who's buying a business, who's leaving a business, who's closing you know, there, there's that type of stuff. And then there's um, what we haven't heard about mass shootings. Um, tonight in Cincinnati, 
there is a um, gun violence discussion that is being held. It's being, um, it was, um, it came together with um, Iris Rowley, who um, has been in contact with um, the young people in the Bond Hill community, Bond Hill Roseland community, who were victims of gun violence last week when they got shot near their school. Yeah, it was Woodward High School, right? It was Woodward High School. In fact, the, the meeting tonight, the discussion tonight is called, um, is being billed as the new, new dialogue about gun violence, where we're going to hear from the young people who are aware of what's going on on the street and hear from them on how we should be addressing gun violence. It's going to be their perspective. It's going to be interesting to hear. I know I've seen several calls for action and call, you know, calls for people to come in and, and listen to our young people and not just come up with ideas on how to, you know, fix it. Some people believe just give them a job. Some people believe, well, they should just, if they have a gun, turn it in. You know, there's simple solutions like that, but it's more than that. It's about what are the young people facing? Why do they feel they need a gun? And why are they using gun to resolve their issues? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, um, here's hoping that that meeting actually, um, you know, comes with some, you know, long-term solutions because this gun violence has to stop. It really does. It it does have to stop. But I think it, um, we're not the only city facing this. Yeah, true. Cities, cities around the country are all, are all um, experiencing a rise in gun violence. Um, mayors don't know what to do. Everyone's looking for solutions because you cannot police your way out of this. Um, you know, they're looking at those individuals who are already in the working in that space to affect change. And, and in fact, what's interesting is next week at the law and public safety committee meeting for city council in Cincinnati, they are going to have a presentation by a group called Advanced Peace. And they have worked in a couple of cities to help affect change regarding gun violence. And there's their work is sort of base, is sort of doing what some organizations are already doing, but it's just another idea of something that the city may pursue. Um, they're taking this very, very seriously. So there's that going on. But what's also interesting is that this discussion comes on the heels of what we witnessed the other day with, with the mass shooter in Louisville, which is sad, another mass shooting. I mean, it's when do we get tired of talking about mass shootings? I don't know, but this is like the 15th mass shooting that's happened this year in the United States, and, and it's, it's it's terrible. And it's only the fourth month of the year. Yeah, That's what's horrible. Um, you know, we're such a gun culture, and I don't think that we you know i don't think we the world that our society does not want to deny anyone the right to have a gun legally have a gun at the same time do you actually need an ar-15 no you don't <laughs> um i mean it, it it i understand where the republicans are coming from gun rights nra blah 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 but at the same time there needs to be with their philosophy and belief some sense, some common sense. To have a gun, especially if you're a hunter, your your hunters are very responsible gun owners. They're very specific. They like their sport. They take the precautions. Um, even though an accident can happen, they do. I've been around hunters 
all, all my life through my through working as a reporter they take their 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 sport very seriously the folks on the street who have a gun they take their gun ownership not seriously yeah it's like they share it and you know at some point everyone has to stop and take a moment guns don't solve your problem because even after you pull that trigger the problem still exists that being said the mass shooters the latest one um was different because what i felt sorry for was listening to governor Bashir talk about this incident and how he lost a friend in in this mass shooting and he almost cried on the air um and i don't think you you never you never know how one feels about a mass shooting until you're affected by it in some kind of way. And it's very interesting to see that, hear that, hear the people. The shooter was a very well-known, was a very well-educated man who had mental illness, but he they found out that he legally bought the AR-15 a few yeah. days before the shooting. He had a master's degree. He was working at the bank. He, you know, he he had a, a decent job. He hit all of the criteria of, a, a, you know, a common guy. And he pulled a gun. And they don't know why. Mm. But he took, but he took, he um, killed five people and he's injured uh, eight others. And it's kind of sad, including, which I think is really sad, he injured a, poli a rookie police officer who just graduated from the academy. Mm. And now he, he he is suffering severe injuries, which I think is horrible. He it didn't is. even get a chance to really get started in his chosen field because become a police officer is a calling. To serve the public, whether police or fire, is a calling because those people don't run from the problem they run into the problem whether it's a firefight or a crime or the fire they run into it it's kind of sad when this happens so hopefully people will start to wake up and say change must occur well so you know also though what, what i found it's like the shooter he live streamed the shooting which was really disturbing i mean just like I don't know. It's just really messed up to like live stream, like, you know, when you're getting ready to kill people. It's just like he just had something wrong with him and also didn't help that he was going to be fired, too. So that was like kind of like like a bad combination. But all I have to say is that America needs to do more about mental illness. Because what? it's like because it's like some if a mentally ill person just feels like they need to like just get a gun to solve their problems, you know, maybe we should put more money into helping mentally ill people. But at the same time, you know, Republicans say that, but it's like we don't want to do anything with that. We just want to like just cast them aside, which is like really sad. Now I now I shouldn't say that you know all mentally ill people are gonna pick up guns because they're they aren't. But I'm just saying that. Maybe there are more resources out for some mentally ill people. Maybe we could have like stopped this. Well, I, 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 I I don't know. Maybe it is, but I think it's it's also how are people, you know, obviously he had mental illness, it was going on for a while, but the stress of about to be fired 
that is a very stressful emotional situation. Yeah. As one person who has been let go, I've been downsized twice. No, actually, downsized twice and fired once. And, you know, that that whole, the first time it happened to me, I didn't understand why. Right. You know, it's very stressful because your life is turned upside down. Yeah. You know, being a news reporter, I've, I'm at the height of my career. I was downsized the first time I was a digital editor for a newspaper and I had people around me let go, let go. And then finally, right before the sale of the newspaper, I was let go. And then when I was managing editor, I was part of a um, a mass firing right before the newspapers were spun off, the company spun off the newspapers and sold them. And again, that was to adhere the bottom line because their ad revenue was not showing what it should be. And so they'll help balance the books. They had to let a lot of people go to balance the books so the sale could go through. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's, but it's devastating to be thinking you're in a safe situation and you're not. Yeah. And it's emotionally hard, it's mentally challenging. And I, for one, I'm just lucky that I had been there before. I knew I had a fallback. Right. And I've experienced that stress before and I was able to handle it. And I had a great support system. And, and in fact, I was sort of forewarned when the third one was sort of going to happen because I sort of knew that they were going to have to downsize the staff for the sale. So I sort of kind of like was on the fence. I don't know how my position at that time was going to be affected, but, you know, I found out. I walked in one day, 10 minutes later, I was out. Mm. Um, and that's how it happens. It just happens that way. But again, if you're not prepared to handle that stress, it's going to make you do some something stupid. And but, you know, people just need to seek help. I think it's okay to seek help. I know there's still a stigma of people saying, oh, I don't need to, I don't need help or I don't need to see somebody. I said, it's like, you can, it's okay. It's like, it's 2023. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to, you know, be worried. It's like, if you need to see someone, see someone, don't pick up a gun and shoot people out of the bank. It's just people yeah. just need to, I don't know. It's just, it's hey, a crazy. You know what, as a person who I have sought out uh, several, a couple of times when there was a situation that was too much for me, emotionally and I needed a different perspective to help me focus and see things differently. Um, I've spoken to a counselor, um, you know, because it was offered through human resources. I was able to get it one way or the other. I was able to get it. Insurance paid for it. It's very private, but it helped mm -hmm. during very stressful situations. I needed just another person to talk to to handle the situation and help me keep me in a perspective. It especially became trying when that flood occurred in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. That was luckily I was already speaking with someone and I lumped that that got lumped into who I was speaking to mm -hmm. because that was a situation of where I lost my car. Oh. My house got flooded. Oh. My mother's lost her car. She wasn't handling it well. Oh. Um, and, you know, my mother was refused to go get help. Right. Because um, she didn't believe in speaking with anyone. And um, it was a situation of where 
you know, you just have to to be mentally healthy. Sometimes you got to admit you have a problem. Yeah. And it's just like drug addiction. Not saying yeah. I was drug addicted, but when you are stressed in getting advice from family and friends is not working, go talk to someone. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. You don't have to do it all the time, but just reach out, say yes. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 we have to take a serious stand on, you know, we're fighting on so many things on so many fronts, but it all comes back down to a few things and mental health is one of them. Mm-hmm. That is a common core of many issues that we have going on that at the end of the day, we've all have suffered some sort of trauma, right? We all have suffered some sort of something that we need to, you know, smooth that edge out. Yeah. So um, it's an it's an issue that we're going to continue to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to the Tennessee three, a little bit in our own backyard, well, not our backyard, but up north a little bit, the, the Manhattan TA, Alan Bragg, has sued Representative Jim Jordan who represents the Columbus area of Ohio. And um, there's been this back and forth between the two. Um, Jim Jordan, uh, he leads the, um, I believe it's the the House Judiciary Committee. Right. And he has demanded um, that Bragg give him information, his office turned over information, things like this. And Bragg has reminded me continuously, you do not have jurisdiction over a state issue. Yeah. Bragg investigated, Bragg's office investigated Donald Trump. And grand jury handed down an indict 34 indictments against Donald Trump. Jim Jordan is a supporter of Donald Trump. Of course he is. And so finally, to stop the 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 harassment and the intimidation attack on him in his office regarding the case against Donald Trump, he had to sue. And he is suing Jim Jordan. Um, he, I believe he's suing all the members of the committee. And um, it, it, it's one of those things of like, okay, you got to cease and desist. Someone had higher than both of them have to stop and say, stop. And on top of that, he's asking the court to block the subpoena of um, Mark Pomerantz, the former special assistant district attorney for the DA's office to appear before Jim Jordan's committee because they have an ongoing case. This guy can't talk about the investigation of their ongoing case because it's not fair to those involved. The case has to be fair. Donald Trump, no matter what he's done or allegedly had done, he has a right to a fair trial. Yes. And by putting that guy speaking before Congress publicly hinders that right to a fair trial, which that's what they're trying to do. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It should be very interesting. It's a power struggle. It's a very interesting power struggle. But finally, the last thing that I'm going to say is um, the Tennessee Three. Um, We have a story on the Herald website. Um, written by in our in our our NPA Newswire talking about the Tennessee GOP power grab showcases racism and disregard for democracy. 
Well, democracy and right Trump because Representative Justin Jordan was reinstated to the House after his district voted him back in to the House, even though there's still going to be a special election down the road. And then we just learned just about 15, 20 minutes ago, uh, Representative Pearson has been reinstated to his position yeah. in the Tennessee State House. And um, he he spoke to to the people when the um, the cheers after the cheers and applause of his re reappointment, he said um, to the people um, who were tired, as he said, of business, they're tired of business as usual. And I think the Republicans are not getting it yet that it's, they can't do business as usual anymore. Exactly. Um, he said, we do not speak alone. We speak together. We fight together. So for a message for all the people in Nashville who decide to expel us, you can't expel hope, you can't expel our voice, and you can't expel our fight. I think we're going to hear a lot more from Pearson, Jones, and Gloria Johnson, who stood by them because she was almost ousted by one vote. So I, I think we're going to see a lot more of the Tennessee Three and what they're trying to do, especially standing up for young people to stop gun violence and the need for change in the state of Tennessee. Yep. And that is my chocolate news for today. All right. Well, thank you for the chocolate news, Andrea. Always appreciate it. My pleasure. Okay. Well, that's it for today's show. You can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes at www.thecincinnatiherald.com, the SESH newsletter, or on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast is on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Amazon, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. In addition, the Cincinnati Herald is now looking for news distribution and delivery agents. Please contact our publisher, Walter White, at 513-680-7076 for more information. I'm John Alexander-Reese. And I'm Andrea Carter. And have a good day. <laughs>